this, that the idea was to sort of spread knowledge of how AI ought to be used or potentially not used within the government, have such like siloed sources of information um, perhaps gets in the way of the ability to share knowledge in that front. Today on the Daily Scoop podcast from the Scoop News Group, inside government's troubles tracking artificial intelligence, and a look at how agencies are implementing a 2020 EO to inventory their AI use cases. It's Thursday, August 10th, 2023. Welcome to the Daily Scoop podcast, where you'll hear the latest news and trends facing government leaders. I'm the host of the Daily Scoop podcast, Billy Mitchell. Here's what's happening now. On Wednesday, the White House announced the AI Cyber Challenge, a competition for cybersecurity researchers that is intended to spur the use of AI to identify and fix software vulnerabilities. Led by DARPA, the competition will enlist researchers to use AI technology to fix software vulnerabilities with a particular focus on open source software. AI companies Anthropic, Google, Microsoft, and OpenAI will make their technology available for the challenge. And those teams can win prizes worth up to $18.5 million. The White House has also allocated an additional $7 million in prize money for small businesses that participate. The Department of Veterans Affairs has extended the deadline for veterans to file for benefits under the PACT Act, the law that expanded health care and benefits to veterans who are exposed to toxic substances like burn pits and Agent Orange. Veterans now have until Monday, August 14th, 2023 at midnight to file their benefits claims to be backdated to August 10th, 2022, when the law was signed by President Biden. The move comes after about 18% of people who filed claims this week for disability compensation to meet the original August 9th deadline under the PACT Act received error messages from the VA's website. Every veteran or survivor who received an error message while they applied for benefits under the law can consider their intent to file complete, the VA said in a written statement on Tuesday. You can read more about these stories and many more at fedscoop.com. Earlier this week, I told you about FedScoop's investigation into federal agencies' efforts to inventory their artificial intelligence use cases. These inventories are required by a 2020 Trump administration executive order, which also introduced nine principles and a policy process for implementing AI that the public can trust. But across CFO Act agencies, results have varied. Inventories for civilian agencies are inconsistent, creating a patchwork understanding of the government's use of the budding technology. To discuss their findings, reporting on the AI use case inventories across the federal government for FedScoop, joining me are the authors of the story, The Government is Struggling to Track Its AI, and That's a Problem, Rebecca Highwall and Maddie Alder. Maddie, Rebecca, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Well, I'm really excited to talk about this great story that the, the two of you co-bylined for FedScoop focused on AI inventories and use cases across the federal government. And that's all been driven by this executive order that came out in 2020 under the Trump administration. And, you know, I'm curious if we start there from your understanding of that executive order, what is required of agency and what was the EO's larger goal when the Trump administration released that? So the larger goal of this executive order was to document how U.S. government agencies were using AI and establish sort of a framework for this technology. Um, and it, it required agencies to basically go through all of their uses of AI 
and create an inventory and uh, share that with other agencies, make it public, and and most importantly uh, for us, do it do it uh, annually. You know, that's what we're kind of taking a look at here is how this has happened uh, over the first year and now getting into the second year of this executive order, how how it's happening again. So as a quick follow-up based on that executive order, when was the first year that we saw these inventories come out? Was that the 2022 or was that 2021? It was 2022 was the first year. Um, the guidance was uh, put forward by the CIO Council in 2021. The first year the agencies were required to do this was 2022, and those started to um, be produced publicly in, in about June of 2022. So now it's more than two years later since that, you know, initial EO came out and broadly, you know, you guys looked really widely at the CFO Act agency, the 20 plus agencies that fall into that categorization and how they're inventorying their use cases per the EO. And I'm curious, you know, what did you find? Obviously, I've read this story, so I got a little bit of a background into it. But for those who haven't, what was sort of the array of different use cases? Uh, maybe we can go to you, Rebecca. Yeah, I think. Um, as expected, there were a lot of different ways the agencies were using artificial intelligence, really, really uh, uh, almost random examples. Like there's one that involves NASA trying to figure out how to organize parking spot spaces um, in their uh, lot. <laughs> um, and that involved AI. And like, then you have much more serious um applications in terms of like the State Department, for instance, like talks about using um, a, a technology for detecting deep fakes. Um, so really a lot of different technologies. I think the, the challenge and what we sort of thought was notable about um, what we about these inventories was the fact that if they're not standardized, you know, one agency is taking one approach, another is taking a different approach. And also the sort of level of detail included in these inventories really varies a lot. We found several agencies that had previously said they were using AI for something. Um, and it's there are those that AI is not included in the inventory, even though this is supposed to be a full accounting of public use cases. Um, we, you know, we found one example throughout starting this this process, reporting this process, where like the like for instance, the Department of Transportation disclosed that it was using ChatGPT um, with the Air Traffic or, um, Office. Except we asked the FAA about that, and they were like, "Oh, it's an error. It's not supposed to be there." And um, it's just been a kind of like very disparate uh, approach to um, inventoring this technology, which is sort of why we thought this was important to write about. And you mentioned some of the, uh, you know, more notable ones, perhaps that that you found, whether those for for good or for bad. But were there any sort of egregious ones that either of you would flag that were just kind of baffling because they, like you said, just didn't use things that they've publicly listed other places or just completely didn't have inventories? Was there anybody that sort of totally um, missed the mark in some sort of way? Yeah, I think the transportation security agency example that Rebecca mentioned was probably one of the more um, standout examples of, of something that was put into one of these inventories that was, you know, later the agency told us that, that it wasn't supposed to be there. Um, but we also saw examples with, um, you know, housing and urban development um, that said that it had no AI use cases in, in last year's inventory. And, um, you know, there are a couple of public documents or a, a public document um, from the agency and then a, a report um, from uh, or a report uh, done by a few researchers that, that point to 
um, a, a very public use case um, that the that the agency has mentioned, um, and the agency didn't get back to us on this, but. Um, you know, there are some of these discrepancies um, with some agencies of things that maybe they've said publicly that that aren't included in these inventories. So it's a little unclear sometimes what the inventory is actually tracking. So you mentioned that there was this guidance that the CIO, CIO Council issued in 2021, and it sounds like they issued more guidance again this year on how agencies should update their AI use cases. Uh, in the story, you mentioned that didn't come with a deadline, though, for agencies to update their inventories in 2023. So uh, I'm curious, you know, if, if there's any more detail you might be able to share on what was included in that guidance and how you get a sense of how that, you know, as agencies might come to reflect that new guidance from 2023, if it might, um, you know, kick some action where they're actually, you know, driving in, in a similar direction. Because to me, you know, looking from the outside in, the, it's great to see the transparency of how each of these agencies is using AI, but the power is really in that standardized look across the federal government to kind of look how people are doing things in similar or different fashions and, you know, adhering to some of the principles. So I'm curious, just going back to the original question, as that CIO Council uh, guidance is out there, do you think um, it's going to improve the state of things? And um, if you have any details of what was inside of that, that'd be great to hear as well. Some of what that guidance talks about is what should and should not be included. And one of the sort of challenges with a lot of the emerging sort of um, AI regulation is like, how do you define AI? And like, does that mean you're using an algorithm? Does it mean you're using linear regression? Like what, what should sort of factor in there? Um, at the same time, you know, there are use cases that they don't really think need to be disclosed. You can imagine a lot of the research agencies are funding a lot of stuff related to AI that's not necessarily immediately relevant to the um, operations of that of that agency, which is more of what this is focused on. I think, you know, what you raised about the weirdness with like the scheduling and the lack of standardization is really important. Like there is like some of these agencies um, are releasing a new file presumably every year and other ones just have one table that seemingly changed at uh, sort of changed without notice and we don't know what use cases where um and i i think that sort of like raises the question of like the efficacy or point of this if the idea was to sort of spread knowledge of how ai ought to be used or potentially not used within the government have such like siloed sources of information um, perhaps gets in the way of the ability to share knowledge in that front. So I'm interested, you know, one of the great parts of this story is, you know, that you obviously a lot of the agencies didn't want to talk about these things outside of just maybe pointing out whether their inventories were a lot of people didn't comment. Um, if you read the story, but you did talk to a few experts from outside of government about why this matters that agencies are moving in the uh, same direction. So I'm curious, you know, um, if if you could talk to what they had to say and why this is so important that, you know, agencies are moving in the same direction and sort of to Rebecca's last point that there's some central body who's overseeing and managing this process. So there's alignment across government. So one of the one of the researchers that that we spoke to um, for this story, who who has looked into this uh, in her own research, Christy Lawrence, who's an affiliate at Stanford's Reg Lab, um, mentioned to us an important detail that, that this is this executive order carries the force of law right now um, in, in terms of of requirements for for AI um, uh, and to comply with the executive order. So 
um, it, it's really an important document for uh, the the country's AI um, in, in terms of how the government's using it. Um, and uh, you know, in in the absence of of a um, of a of a national strategy, um, it it really is is one of the more important elements here. Um, so so that that's really kind of why these use case inventories have uh, the level of importance they do is because right now they're the only thing that that has that force of law behind it, the force of law requirement behind it. So I think that brings me to sort of my final question in, in a way, and that's, you know, that's what it is now. It's the, the one thing that's really binding agencies to kind of be transparent about their AI and share what these use cases are. And again, try to build some alignment across government, whether that's actually happening or not, but that's the spirit of, of the executive order. But what's coming next? What are you keeping an eye out for in terms of um, whether it's, uh, it sounds like there's maybe a new EO on the horizon, but also, you know, from these agencies, how, how are you keeping an eye on them in terms of tracking, uh, you know, specifically how they update things and making sure that they're, um, you know, moving in that direction? Yeah, so the Biden administration has uh, foreshadowed that there is going to be another executive order um, on artificial intelligence that comes after the Biden, Biden himself gave a big speech about AI and a meeting with some of the major um, generative AI companies like OpenAI at the White House. Um, so that's like, we definitely have our eyes on that. But I think there's there's more to understand about this executive order. Um, Maddie and I are both working on follow-up pieces that are going to look um, with more detail at what uh, the CFO Act agencies are doing with, with this AI at the same time, looking at some of the other agencies that uh, maybe don't get as much attention, but you know, still make decisions that impact a lot of people's lives. So we have a lot on our plate. <laughs> well, we look forward to seeing more from you guys. Great work on this one. And uh, I'm sure there will be more and more of this coming out in the near future as AIs kind of really take in hold across the federal government and really uh, all industries. But uh, again, kudos on this story and thanks for your time today. Thanks for having us. Yep. Thank you. You can learn more about federal AI adoption at the Daily Scoop Podcast.com. The Daily Scoop Podcast is available on all podcast platforms. If you've already rated the podcast on your platform of choice, thanks so much. High ratings and good reviews of the show help more people to find it. The Daily Scoop Podcast is a production of the Scoop News Group in Washington, D.C. Adam Butler and Colin Fisher help put the show together and the entire Scoop News Group team contributes. We'll be back next week with new episodes. Until then, I'm your host, Billy Mitchell. Thanks so much for listening.